0: A reading from Jonah chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, 10, and chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, 40 days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown and the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He set it under the shade, waiting to see what would hap- become of the city. The Lord appointed a bush and made it come over... Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush, but when dawn came upon the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked, if he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor or which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that that great city in which there are no or more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, also many animals. The word of the Lord.. Thanks be to God.
1: Jonah and the whale may be one of the most familiar stories in all of the scriptures. As children, we heard it in Sunday school and we listened with our eyes wide open, with awe and wonder at the tale of a man being eaten by a big fish and then spit back on the beach. And as adults, we began to question some of the details struggling to reconcile the story with our understanding of science. And yet the story is not written to challenge or change our understanding of science, but rather to challenge and change our understanding of God. Although the story of Jonah is familiar our scripture reading, and quite a long one. I commend Danny for reading it so well, I didn't realize I'd have him read most of the book. But what we read, this part of the scripture probably sounds strange to most of us because when we would tell the story of Jonah, we typically left off this unpleasant ending. We talked about God's call to Jonah and his running away. And we talked about him being swallowed by the big fish and spit on the seashore. And then Jonah answers God's call, the people repent and we assume everyone lives happily ever after, but they don't. It's somewhat ironic that we never read this part of the story because it is most like our own stories few of us have been called to go to a city and tell of the impending doom and none of us have been eaten by a whale yet these are the part of the story that are familiar to us and these are the parts that are most foreign to our own experience. But the verses we read today, Jonah does what God wants, but Jonah doesn't get what he wants. Now that's happened to all of us at some point or another. we have wondered like Jonah, why don't I get what I want when I've done what God wants. And actually when we read this story, we're reading the story of a man of God that becomes angry at God's grace. After the running, After the whale, our text starts with Jonah's arrival into Nineveh to deliver the message. And the good news is it's short. The bad news is the end is near. Jonah arrives and offers no words of consolation or advice, no call to repentance or confession. Instead, Jonah says, 40 days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I mean, you've got to appreciate a short sermon. He is straight to the point. The problem is, where did Jonah get that sermon? Just before our reading today, God says proclaim the message that I tell you, but Jonah didn't. How do I know? Well, I don't know exactly what God said to Jonah, but I know that God didn't say, tell the people I'm going to destroy you and there's nothing you can do about it. How do I know? Because God doesn't say things like that. Oh, there have been times where prophets and people have been confused. But if you look at the whole of scripture, God is constantly calling people into repentance so that they can be reconciled and restored and redeemed that is the work of God in the world. And the problem is that Jonah was so focused on the destruction of Nineveh that he was unconcerned about the fate of the people. We always get in trouble when we lose sight of people. When we get too wrapped up in power or politics, policies or problems, and we forget that it's really about people. Now, in Jonah's defense, let me say, Nineveh was a city that was deserving of God's judgment. Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, whose brutality was renowned. Violence was an art form for the Assyrians. Torture was not only tolerated, but advocated. Battles ended with brutal massacres. And Jonah understood the Assyrian evil because the Hebrew people had been impacted. It was the Assyrians who ordered the absolute annihilation of the northern kingdom, Israel. Hebrews had been divided into 12 tribes and the Assyrians destroyed 10 of them. To appreciate Jonah's passion, we need to remember our feelings. Maybe in the wake of 9-11 toward Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda and Jonah had those same feelings toward the city of Nineveh and the Assyrian Empire. His people had been unjustly attacked. The Assyrians had killed the innocent. Jonah just wants the evil to be punished. And he actually takes pleasure in delivering this message about their impending doom. Before we're too quick to judge Jonah, we need to recognize in a similar situation, we might have the same feelings. We might take great pleasure in the demise and destruction of our enemies. We too might want to unleash God's wrath on those who have hurt us. And so Jonah offers this short sermon on judgment. And much to his shock, the people of Nineveh listen and they respond with repentance. He didn't even offer an invitation. No, just as I am, but the people responded anyway, confessing their sins. The king of Nineveh makes a proclamation that extends not only to all the people, but to the livestock too. People and animals are to fast and to be covered with sackcloth. The entire nation turns from its wicked ways and you would think that Jonah would be overjoyed. What? preacher would not like to have an entire city respond to the altar call. But instead, Jonah is filled with anger. For as the text tells us, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their wicked ways... God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring up on them. And he did not do it. And the people of Nineveh became recipients, not of God's wrath, but of God's grace. God changes. We rarely talk about this, but but in the Old Testament, the idea occurs over and over again. The scriptures are not embarrassed to say that, that God changes his mind. It happens in Exodus and Samuel and Amos and Hosea and here in Jonah. God changes God's mind. And there is a lesson here for us. If God changes God's mind, we should not be afraid to change our minds on this journey through life. Do you know some of the saddest people? Those who have never changed. They are trapped in the past and growth requires change. The only things that are not growing are dead. I love my children, where they are, as they are, but but I want them to grow and to mature to stop talking so much when we're taking trips, in short, to change. It was like the apostle Paul who said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child and I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child, but then I became an adult. And do you know where you find those verses? First Corinthians 13 the love chapter. Do you know why? Because love changes. Last August, my parents celebrated their 50th anniversary. And much to my surprise on this occasion, my father, who is really an engineer and salesman, turned into a poet. And he wrote this amazing poem and read it to my mom in front of all of us. It was called Seasons of Marriage. I can't read it all, but let me tell you just a little about what it said. In spring, the excitement of dating and the first kiss on the front porch. And in summer, a life filled with activities, jobs and sports and the first day of school and off to college. And in autumn, a time to enjoy being with each other, to pass on some of what we have learned. And winter will come when we can't travel and our steps are slower, but winter is filled with beauty as well. You know what the poem is really about? how love changes. And how do we know God changes? Because God is love. And God changes God's mind. However, God does not change God's nature. Rather, in response to people, And in relationship with people, it becomes necessary for God to follow a different line of action in order to be true to the nature of God. God's nature is is just, but also merciful. And God's nature is fierce, but also forgiving. forgiving. For in God, the law and love are fully reconciled. It is a different way of being. The way of God is the way of grace. And Jonah was mad because God had forgiven his enemies. And the sight of thousands of Assyrians repenting and turning to God enraged him. Jonah was mad that God chose to have compassion on the heathen and not just the Hebrews. Jonah was mad because he wanted to see God's wrath unleashed, not God's grace bestowed. Jonah was mad because he knew God's nature. Jonah says, I knew you were a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Jonah knew what God was like. Jonah just didn't like it. We see echoes of this kind of anger other places in the scripture. We find this same resentful anger in the story of the prodigal son. You remember, right? The prodigal returns and his elder brother is standing in the shadows and watching as his father extends grace to his younger brother. And that elder brother responds with anger and hate that his father would not react with wrath and punishment. And Jonah was like that elder brother. And sometimes we may feel the same way. We want a person to get what's coming to them. Oh, we may talk about grace on Sunday mornings, but when we leave this place, we're more concerned with fairness. We hold grudges or we want to get back at those who have hurt us. When we look at our enemies, we want them to fail and we quietly celebrate when they do so. Like Jonah, we would rather watch God pour out his wrath on our enemies than see them repent. And when we embrace this attitude, we become dangerously close to rejecting the God of grace. And when we focus on what we perceive to be the evil of others, we are often blind to our own sins and unable to recognize our own need for God's grace. We see something similar in this story. Did you notice? It never even crossed Jonah's mind that he may have been disobedient to God's command. And yet God pursued Jonah with a persistent love. Never crossed Jonah's mind that if God were unforgiving, God would have let him drown in the storm never crossed Jonah's mind that that the pagans on the ship in their attempts to save his life were more like God than he was. It it never crossed Jonah's mind that even the fish was more obedient to God than he was. At, At least the fish, when commanded by God to vomit him up, did as he was told. Jonah, when commanded by God, did just the opposite. But God extended grace and pursued Jonah with love. So Jonah was first and foremost a recipient of God's grace. But he Never knew it. Friends, you and I are recipients of God's grace. Open your eyes, recognize it, realize it, and then extend it to others. At the end of the story, Jonah wanders to a hillside This is in chapter four, what we read today. And you know, he's still holding on to the hope that he might see the destruction of Nineveh. And he wants to get the best seat possible. So he goes to the front row of the balcony. And God sends a bush to provide shade for this sulking prophet but also to teach an important lesson. The next morning, the same bush is attacked by a worm and withers away. And Jonah, he reacts so dramatically with with anger. He declares he would just rather be dead. You see, the story doesn't actually have a happy ending, at least not for Jonah. The people of Nineveh are spared. God's grace is extended, but but Jonah is still bitter. And God asked a question. You were concerned about the bush. And it came into being in the night and it perished in the night and and it's just a bush and you're so concerned about the bush should I not be concerned about Nineveh a city of 120,000 persons should I not be concerned about them And God asks us today, should I not be concerned about them? Be they Republican or Democrat? Be they conservative or liberal? Be they old or young? Be they married or singled or unwed or widowed? Be they black or white, be they citizens or, or non citizen immigrants, be they gay or straight, be they rich or poor, be they police or protesters, be they Baptist, Methodist or Catholics, be they Buddhist, Muslims or Jews? And God says, should I not be concerned about them? And Jonah never answers. Jonah is left brooding in the hot sun, consumed with anger. What happens? We don't know. But I know this, you are sitting in this choir loft or, or in your home in the shade of, of your couch. And if you think about those people, you dislike, those people you consider to be your opponents or your enemies, those people who annoy you or anger you every time you see their face or hear their voice. And God says, should I not be concerned about them? And God says, should you not be concerned about them? God waited for Jonah to answer. And now God is waiting for you. Let's pray.